this second chapter is most important because it sets the tone for the guru disciple relationship and it also defines this relationship you see hemad pant has been most open and candid in admitting his resistance to the concept of having a guru initially and in spite of that he fell at baba's feet now there are various aspects here which are important one is this resistance to the concept of a guru this should be explored a bit we have no resistance when we are born our parents are looking after us and the indian scriptures say your parents are your gurus first because they raise you they guide you thereafter you go to school your teachers are your guru in that sense they teach you now if during your formative years you have these kinds of gurus then what about facing life life's challenges life's ups and downs life's mysteries isn't it naturally natural to want a guide who has walked the path and who can help make your journey maybe not easier but simpler that is the guru the guru literally translates as the remover of ignorance another word for guru is light light of consciousness it also translates as spiritual weight there are various dimensions to this word guru so we are actually surrendering to all this the guru is considered to be god in human form but many of us are not willing to accept this we still see a guru as an individual so this chapter is very pertinent to people who have a guru in their lives sadguru being sai baba of course it is pertinent to people who look down upon the concept of a guru as well as it is pertinent to people who are indifferent you see so it is very important to understand that it is the disciple who sees himself or herself separate from the guru the guru sees no separation for the guru the guru and disciple are one so what hemad pant has shown us is that no matter how much his pride got in the way saying he doesn't need a guru and what use is a guru if he cannot change someone's destiny no matter this level of pride he still landed at baba's feet and this happens because of the grace of the guru in spite of this resistance he found himself there that is the compassion of the guru now we all need to understand from this that the guru is a guiding light 
to approach a guru with suspicion apprehension when we do that we are actually doing this injustice to ourselves because the element of trust is missing so himat pant is laying bare all these aspects in the guru disciple relationship but we have to pick these up you see sai baba himself said that in your life it will be tremendously beneficial to have a guru he himself has said that in our religious rituals we have the havan and we offer a coconut to the fire that coconut represents the ego when we bow down to a master we are offering our ego at the feet of the master but some people resist this bowing down they feel oh we should not give our power away to anyone who is this person why should we bow down before a person we should only bow down before god or before sai baba for that matter all this is very arrogant thinking where the understanding has not been perfected because if the guru is god in human form then you are bowing down to god so friends this shows this chapter specifically shows that the relationship has to be built on surrender and trust and baba himself has said that i cannot change the prarabdh of somebody but yet he provides the cushion so if one is going through challenges in life it is the guru who keeps your boat afloat that is the difference that is a huge difference you are able to get the strength thanks to the guru to see yourself through to the other shore so this aspect i wanted to cover and i hope i have done justice to it in this brief time i would also like to add here a couple of things where in the story itself it is mentioned that lord ram had a guru lord krishna had a guru so if such great beings even in fact the buddha had two gurus and then moved on such great beings had gurus and we ordinary people feel that oh we don't need a guru you see so what himat pant has done is said that everyone has to come under the grace and umbrella of the guru and the beauty is that it is the guru who is pulling us to him just like sai baba pulled himat pant to him in spite of all the resistance so isn't it better if we are open from the start itself to receive the grace the other thing is when baba gave himat pant the name himat pant you see basing it on someone else who was called himat pant who was a writer that vibration itself 
must have infused Hemad Pant with those qualities which enabled him to bring out the book. That is the master's grace. So that aspect has been, I feel, a big reason for the Sai Satcharita to take shape thereafter because Hematpang himself has now absorbed this new vibration which enables him as an aspiration to write down the words of the Master. And lastly, one important point you might have heard or read this line in this chapter only those who help in one's spiritual progress are the true kith and kin i'm going to repeat this only those who help in one's spiritual progress are the true kith and kin this is your spiritual family these are your guru bandhus these bonds you have, if you have friends whom you are sharing the journey with, if you have friends with whom you meet and have satsang, if you have friends you discuss spiritual concepts with, these are the friendships, relationships to treasure. What we do is we delegate these as secondary relationships and our bum chums from school and our close pals and all that we keep those relationships going for a large part of our lives and we don't create space and reverence for these sacred relationships so here is a pointer which perhaps has got buried in this chapter which i would like to throw some light on that in your own life See which are these spiritual bonds. These need to be nurtured and nourished. It is, after all, the life journey is a spiritual one. And we have to walk together on the path. So, as we go forward with the next chapters, this chapter sets the foundation for us keeping our egos in check and offering ourselves totally, totally and fully open to whatever comes across now in the Satcharita, totally open to the grace of Baba through the words in this book and at the same time totally open to the universe and what it brings to us from this point on then we are living the words of the guru and reverence to the guru is paramount Even the way we bow down to Baba's photo or murti in our own altar or home or wherever, if it is mechanical, it is useless. 
but if it is imbued with respect and reverence then it takes on a totally different significance you see so this act of bowing down which you might feel i'm mentioning again and again it is a very significant act it cannot be taken lightly in fact there are people who do not bow down to their own gurus i have come across such people they feel there is no need to or they feel oh our guru doesn't care all these concepts are there but it is a very beautiful tradition in india and also it is not just representing this there is actually energy flowing from the feet of the guru so when the disciple bows down that energy is entering the disciple's head so there are many more esoteric and deeper meanings of this which i wouldn't want to get into but we need to keep this in mind that wherever we find resistance it is our resistance it is our ego that is resisting and it has got nothing to do with the other and you would most certainly feel like bowing down to someone in your life who has really shed so much light on your journey if you find yourself resisting that then that is the ego which is playing up so do look at your own lives and do notice all these points of resistance and in that light of understanding the ego gets laid bare and it is a beautiful opening a beautiful journey one starts walking on